Greetings, Maltopians. Are you looking to delve deeper into the world of Maltopia? Then check out our Patreon, where you can find written mythos pieces, world maps, found footage, art, Patreon-exclusive shows, and more. Just go to patreon.com forward slash Maltopia and join one of our tiers for access to great new content. Brave the forbidden and embrace the darkness. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss.
Wesley tried to take in the alien life form looming above him. It was like nothing he'd seen before, and by the looks on the others' faces, they were in as much horror as he was. Notably, the voice in his head remained silent, the thing before them just so much humdrum to its numbed sensibilities. The creature noticed the men's terror. I can see that my current form has unnerved you. Perhaps a different one would put you at ease. With that, it began to shake and seethe, its gelatinous physique transmogrifying before the group's eyes. The cave started to seize again as its ponderous mass shifted, shrinking. But it wasn't just getting smaller. It was multiplying into various humanoid shapes, as if taking cues from its visitor's appearance. Wesley could see the once see-through membranous exterior of the thing begin to become less transparent, folds of skin or skin-like substance creeping over its now congealing symmetries. By the time it was done, about a dozen or so eight-foot-tall humanoids stood before them, still looking down, still wearing a superior smirk. Wesley noticed that while the thing had become more human-like, their flesh still displayed a subdued glow that pulsated subtly through the bluish veins traveling across their bodies. He also noticed that each individual was attached to the other via long tubers, umbilicus-looking appendages that connected each of them. These fleshy lines even connected to the various strange teepee structures, as if they were all somehow part of the same entity. Once the metamorphosis was finished, the entity in the front, an approximation of a tall man with glowing green eyes, spoke. Perhaps this form is more appropriate. Its voice was different, where once it sounded like the conglomeration of various voices speaking in unison, it now sounded like one, albeit still inhuman. Before Wesley could speak, another one of the things spoke, something that looked more feminine. I see no reason why we should stoop to these things' lowly forms. It is beneath us. Silence yourself. Such is the way of diplomacy. After all, they are our guests. It is customary to accommodate them. Wesley's group shared a look, confused by the brief exchange. At first, Wesley thought of the creatures as some kind of collective consciousness or hive mind. But its recent disagreement with itself suggested something more complicated. Wesley spoke up. Uh, we appreciate the change in appearance as a... Uh... Well, we've all been through a lot and would do well with some familiarity. Of course, of course. We were similarly jarred upon arriving at this place. As stated before, we are not from here, but elsewhere. Uh, if you don't mind me asking, where are you from? I mean, no offense, but you don't seem to be from Earth. Although, uh, I've been discovering lately I don't know as much as I thought about this world. This time, a different voice spoke, one of the bulky male figures to the left. We are from Athos, another world indeed. Several of your kind have visited, some even taking up permanent residence there. They do not need to know the specifics of our origin. These are lonely things. I do not see why we do not simply subsume them. They are useless to us. Silence! I'll not say it again. Your short-mindedness and egocentric lathering does nothing but undermine our greater goals. As the thing bickered with itself, Wesley translated to the others. Upon mentioning Athos, both Riva and Vorin showed expressions of recognition. Athos? How did they get here from there? 
Wait a second. You know of it? Another world? We do. Various dark scholars are stationed there. In fact, some of the minders within the school's employ are Ogin and Oriman, beings from Arthos. So we have a somewhat close relationship with the place, relatively speaking. Wesley looked at Moffat. I suppose you know of Arthos too? At this point, do you really have to ask? Wesley was yet again consternated with his ignorance. There were other worlds with sentient life. On the other hand, he supposed he shouldn't be surprised. He'd only recently learned there were hell-like dimensions called bulges that housed unimaginable horrors. Other inhabited planets shouldn't have phased him in the least. Ah, uh, yeah, if it makes you feel any better, Wes, I, uh, I didn't know about Athos. I did always think there was life on other planets, though, but I, uh, but I, don't, but I don't really think that qualifies. Wesley turned to the multitudinous being. How long have you been here? And how did you get here? We have been here for 16 of your years. How we got here remains a mystery. We were in our world one moment, and then the next, we were here. That is the sum of our knowledge regarding our sudden displacement. Sixteen years ago? Well, that's... that's when the Great Darkness happened. Tell me, do, do you remember anything about what happened before you were, uh, displaced? We remember everything. It happened in but a single moment. Wesley relayed these new enlightening facts to the group, hoping for an explanation. Interesting. Records show that Arthos did not go through a Great Darkness. However, the Dragon Lines are said to span universes. There could have been some downstream effect from the Cataclysm, which may have echoed into other worlds. Fascinating. Enough of these niceties. If there's something of benefit to be had, we should be onto it already. This diplomacy tries my patience. The primary entity ignored the other's frustration. And what is this great darkness you speak of? Uh, it was a cataclysm that happened on our planet 16 years ago. Humanity lost all recollection of an entire year, and when we woke up, well, the world was different. Most notably, Grimland had appeared, our name for this continent we're standing on. We've come to understand that the denizens of these lands call their home Gion. If you're to successfully navigate this place, you would be wise to remember that. Yes, I've heard the name stated a few times. Enough! Why are the Prince's followers after you? You seem to be no threat to him or his acolytes. Why give chase? Various governments, or cabals as I've recently learned, led a large military exploratory mission here. Um, shortly after setting up camp, however, our various bases were attacked. Everyone was killed but us. We're the last remaining survivors. I, I can only assume that's the reason. The creature paused for a moment, no doubt pondering Wesley's answer. Uncomfortable amid the silence, Wesley continued. My camp was uh, attacked by an individual known as the Bard, the, the Bard of Koth. Yes, we are familiar with the Bard of Koth. One of the second dark miracles, they say. Dark miracle? What do you mean? The Bard of Koth was not always so, according to Geon's legends. He was once only a shunned storyteller, his tales often marked by those unfortunate enough to hear them. The man would go town to town and sing songs of his journeys, which, to everyone's chagrin, were of the poorest quality in heart. He became quite infamous as the worst bard in the land, if the stories were to be believed. Only when he visited the town of Koth, a city of modest wealth and build, 
He almost meant his untimely doom, and, more importantly, his rebirth. It was upon telling a tale so uncouth and terrible that a group of darkened taverners decided to put the poor bard out of his misery, taking him out into the nearby woods, nearly beating him to death. Only afterward did a stranger find his crumpled form, a man with yellow serpentine eyes downing a flowing black cloak. The man's voice was said to be a hiss, and his tongue was as forked as a snake's. He promised the poor, beaten down bar, the power of unparalleled tail-spinning, to tell stories that would envelop and consume all who heard them. He need only say yes, and promise to beckon his call when the day comes. In his weakness and desperation, the yarn-spinner agreed. At once, his broken body was mended, and perhaps more importantly, his mind was filled with darksome tales of the macabre and grotesque. A bivy of chains and books dragged by his side as he re-entered the quiet town of Karth, where he told his black tales in the town square. Many of Karth's citizens abandoned what they were doing to hear the renewed man's captivating stories. But soon, the oohs and ahs of the crowd turned to screams and cries as they began to disassemble into the language of myth and legend, their lives given to the craft of dark storytelling forever becoming characters in the bard's sinister narratives. And so was the demise of Karth, and the birth of its notorious bard. That is, if the legends are to be believed, of course. Wesley sat stunned. He wasn't sure what amazed him more, the story, or the fact that the entity had such vast knowledge of it. It was almost as if the Prince of Snakes was some kind of reverse Jesus, performing dark miracles and sowing seeds of discourse across the land. How did you come by all this information? I mean, you're all the way down here in these caverns. How... As we have said, we are far from helpless. We have agents in various places across Eon. These caves are vast, our reach even more so. There are those who willingly give us information, and those which require a bit of coercing. Wesley took a few moments to relay what was said to his comrades. Amazing as that is, this thing, or things, did not tell us all of this of the goodness of its heart. It wants something, and I want to know what that is. I agree. As helpful as this entity has been, there's surely a catch. Wesley turned to the things which stood like patient stone monoliths. Uh, what, what do you want with us, exactly? While our resources are significant, they are not inexhaustible. This Prince of Snakes, or the Serpent Risen, as his reincarnated form has come to be called, is planning something. We want to know what that is. Look, we're just five men, and only one of us can do anything substantial. You saw us in there. If you hadn't stepped in, well, we would have all probably been dead. Anyway, I thought this Prince of Snakes was gone, and they were still waiting his return or something. That is what the people believe. But the recent activities of his servants would suggest otherwise. Something is coming. We wouldn't care, of course, if we were not stuck in this despicable place. But we are, and we believe what this prince has planned will not bode well for us. Or you, for that matter. Wesley let out a sigh. Then, suddenly, the voice chimed in from the swirling nebula in the back of his mind. The Anbarian are a shrewd lot, Wesley. But they are also mercurial. Not knowing how to make up their rather disparate but collective minds. Wait, wait, wait a second. You know what these things are? 
Why didn't you say so earlier? I wanted to know what they wanted, and now I do. They are not the saving angels you're picturing them as. They are quite the terror on Athos, actually. But what is it you humans say? Misery acquaints a man with strange bedfellows? They are not the kind of beings that would reach out for help if they were not desperate. They're hiding something. But for now, play along. We may need allies in the future if we're to make it off this rotten continent. Wesley heeded the voice's words and spoke to the creature again. Uh, what would you have us do? To be our eyes and ears on the surface, of course. To perform certain favors when called upon. Favors that would benefit us both, we believe. In exchange, we would help you gather information and provide other resources when needed. Perhaps, by working together, we can leave this wretched place. Wesley stayed silent momentarily and then relayed the offer to his comrades. I mean, uh, do we really have a choice? I mean, I got a feeling that refusal isn't on the fucking table here. Agreed, but the offer may work to our benefit. We know the Prince's acolytes are following us for whatever reason. It would be prudent of us to make alliances wherever we can. Surely this thing has its own agenda, but it seems to be nebulously aligned with our own. River began signing as the group continued to ponder the matter. River is hesitant to make any kind of pact, but we both agree there might not be much choice. As Moffat says, we need allies. The group nodded, hesitantly agreeing to comply with the bizarre thing's proposition. Wesley turned towards the strange beings, which loomed ominously over them. Those sound like fair terms. But, um, how will we maintain contact? I mean, we can't travel back to this cavern system every time we need to get a hold of you. Leave that to us. These cavern systems span the length of Gion, and we hold dominion over most of it. Rest assured, we will be nearby when our assistance is required. Wesley nodded in agreement, as did the rest of the group. Uh, what exactly is beyond this cave system? I mean, um, what are we heading into? North of here are the lands of Living Shadow. Entities said to be born from the silhouette of the Prince himself. To the west is the rumored domain of Amara, the Serpent's only daughter. But it is to the east, beyond the dread pits of Dyer, that you will find Destra, the city of the Belfine. Belfine, we've, we've heard that name before. Um... The ones who captured us in Misereth kept asking whether we were their creations. It's unsurprising. The Belfin are engineers of a sort. They're largely shunned by the citizens of Gion for their blasphemous practices. You see, they are rumored to have pilfered the dead heart of the Prince of Snakes and used it to create unimaginable beings. Some believe they seek to create their own prince to rival the true one when he returns ushering in their reign over Gion. We care little about this aspect of their ingenuity, however. What does concern us is that they are also rumored to create strange machines that can traverse the coils of the Serpent. We have come to understand this phraseology to mean they can travel between worlds. The implications are obvious. If we can harness this technology, we may all be able to go home. Precisely. Wesley weighed the thing's words mulling over its plan to trespass beyond these beings' borders and hijack their technology. But what other options were there? He knew there was no help on the way. The governments, secret societies, or 
whoever led this mission to Grimland had most likely washed their hands of it if history was any indicator. Once he told the rest of the group the plan, the response was varied. <laughs> and how the fuck are we supposed to do that? Fight them with our good looks? Salvatore has a point. How exactly will we manage this feat? We can't fight an entire city of these things. But what if we don't have to? What if we could bypass them altogether? You have a plan? Perhaps, but I'll need some more time. In the meantime, agree to travel to this Destra. And if you can't figure out a plan, then we go anyway. If what this being says is true, it may very well be our only way off of Grimlin. A bleak understanding overtook the group, a spirit of doubt washing over them. Then, to make matters worse, the voice decided to chime in. So, we become dependent on the Moffat again. Do you see the trend? He moves you fools about like pieces on a chessboard, and he will sacrifice whatever pawns he needs to attain his goals. Why do none of you fucking upright walking apes realize that? Oh, and you don't talk about killing my friends daily. Cut the shit, you don't care what pawns he sacrifices as long as it's not us. You just can't stand the man is all. You're right, little Wesley. I couldn't give the tiniest shit about your friends. But Moffats are a thorough bunch. Once they've attained their goals, they seldom leave anyone around them unscathed. For some kind of ancient cosmic being, you're awfully afraid of one scrawny, eccentric fortune teller with a penchant for antique clothing. The voice simply growled and failed into the nethers of his mind. Its scowl and contempt a palpable heat that made him feel like he had a fever. Wesley finally turned to the giant beings patiently looming over them. We're in. Where do we start? Grimland is a Maltopia production. Today's episode was written by Stephen Anslone. The episode was edited by Walker Kornfeld. Sound production and editing was performed by Stephen Anzalone. Check us out on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram by searching Maltopia. That's M-A-E-L-T-O-P-I-A. And if you'd like to know more about Grimland and contribute to its nightmarish expansion, visit us at www.patreon.com forward slash Maltopia, where you can gain access to all sorts of art, mythology, stories, and more. For more information about Grimland and the world of Maltopia, visit us at maltopia.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm.